Good morning, Dom. How are you this morning? Good morning. I'm fantastic, Rob. Thanks very much for asking. Uh, all very good in the in the Cavell team. So yeah, going good. Well. Good stuff. Uh, thanks for joining us this morning. So uh, this is Dom Black from Cavell Group, uh, head of research. And to, this morning we're going to go through some new research that you've released, Dom, uh, around enter the enterprise. Uh, so tell us a little bit more about that, if you don't mind. Just tell us what the purpose of the, the research was. Sure. So we, um, we're kind of, I would say, historically known for our research reports on the service provider markets. Uh, we've been doing them for about 15 years now, looking at how the cloud communication industry in different geographic markets across Europe has been uh, expanding, uh, what the kind of key dynamics there are. Um, obviously, we spend a lot of time going to service provider events, um, going to industry conferences, and hearing a lot around new technologies that people are bringing out um, around why they're bringing them out there. And we were seeing that, yes, the service providers were selling a lot of cloud voice products. They're selling a lot of other products on top of it. But we really wanted to triangulate that alongside um, some enterprise research. So we went out and um, we worked with an external agency uh, to do a survey of 1,800 businesses across uh, Europe and North America, um, asking them a series of questions around how they believe their workplace is changing, uh, what technologies they're looking at investing in in the future, how they're currently communicating both internally and externally, um, and how their customers are interacting with them. Um, out the back of this, we built uh, a report um, for each individual market. So we've got seven different uh, cover, uh, seven different geographies covered, uh, including Europe, North America, and then going into more detail in specific countries like UK, Germany, France, um, where the markets are vastly different um, and the demands are pretty different uh, from from country to country. Um, a pretty big report, Don. So, in, did you have any kind of preconceived expectations? What did you think you were going to find out? Yeah, well, I think uh, we've, we've been hearing a lot around collaboration and how people collaborate. Um, and we're really interested to kind of test that of going, okay, we see Microsoft Teams uh, as being their key kind of uh, product that they're pushing forward as a collaboration product. Um, Cisco have obviously invested a lot of money into their WebEx teams. We hear a lot around Slack um, and see a lot of people looking at changing or bringing collaboration tools into the workplace um, and seeing them as almost at the forefront of how people are going to communicate in the future. And I think we, we see a lot of talk around that. And then when we spoke to service providers, not a huge amount were actually selling these services um, or looking at how they can get them into place or, again, working at how they can actually monetize this. So for us, we were kind of interested in testing that of going, okay, if we're selling collaboration um, or trying to sell collaboration, is the market ready for collaboration? And are they actually looking to use these kind of tools going forward? I think prefacing all of this is how is the workplace changing and are we giving as an industry the right communication tools to, uh, to our customers so that they can communicate effectively? Yeah, absolutely. So you went to multiple countries on this, did you say? Yes. Yeah. So I imagine you were up against some cultural, not just cultural, but country you know, challenges there because not every country is the same, I imagine. Sure. Well, I mean, looking at our research, you, you can see that some markets are much more mature in the way that they communicate compared to others. Um, you look at the Nordic region, um, mobile is key up there. So for us, um, it's, it's definitely interesting looking at things like that. And then you look at the UK market, which has been expanding the cloud voice perspective very fast over the last few years. Um, and the demands that 
they're bringing in and the different services they're looking for uh, differ greatly. Again, looking at somewhere like Germany, where uh, we are five to six years behind the curve in terms of cloud communications adoption and cloud adoption in general. So um, there's definitely some convergences there between the different countries. And I think it's it's interesting when we talk to some providers of what products should we put where um, and how should we sell them for enterprise uh, for service providers who are looking to sell to international um, companies. Um, the need for collaboration is strong, but the way you're going to sell into different countries uh, completely depends. The way people are going to buy from different providers completely depends. Um, we saw uh, in a number of cases that people want to buy from different um different salespeople. So, uh, for example, uh, in, I think it's in the UK, uh, there is a perceived trust of kind of industry events of, um, what speaking to people within your own industry to try and get information off there. Whereas in other countries, uh, like France, people trust sales suppliers. Um, for example, in Germany, um, people are quite happy buying direct from vendors, uh, whereas uh, you move to other markets and uh, there's a kind of mistrust of buying direct from the vendor. They want to work with a trusted partner who comes through there um, and do that. So there's definitely kind of big divergences between the different markets. And I think that's that's really important for service providers to understand when they're selling into different markets and when they're looking to expand to different markets, that what, what's been successful in their home market may not be successful in the different market. They need to really understand what they're product strategy and go-to-market strategy is going to be um, when expanding. Yeah, it's interesting. You mentioned monetization of some of these products and certainly in the, in the world of SaaS, we see some vendors really kind of driving that price down to almost zero in some cases, it's especially in the video collaboration market or the video conferencing market. We've got quite a bit of that happening at the moment. So what did you find out around or what would what, what would you say to that, you know, in terms of you were talking to a service provider uh, around, you know, you, you should be looking at taking video collaboration on, but there's no money in it. How do you, how do you encourage, <laughs> encourage that? Because ultimately the enterprises do want it. Yeah. And I think that's, that's, that's definitely a, a key interest, interesting point there. Um, that how do you monetize services which other people are giving away for free? Um, I think it's difficult in some cases. And I think you've really got to understand, and it goes back to what we've always talked about, is understanding your customer's requirement and building a package that really fits them. Um, especially as a lot of providers, uh, the majority of providers in the market service the SMB market, so sub 100 users. Um, and yes, you're not going to be want, able and sort of wanting to offer integrations and offer very complex solutions and building really difficult solutions for them there. But as you go up the market, you're going to have to be more flexible. You're going to have to look at having an API layer um, so that people can get customization through um, so that they can integrate different services into their solutions. Um, and I think that's where the, the monetary value comes through. In things like video conferencing, uh, for example, we see video conferencing as one of the key um, services that people are going to um, adopt over the next two years. Um, looking, at our, um, looking at our research, for those people who haven't adopted video conferencing, almost 35% um, of companies are likely um, to adopt video conferencing over the last two years in Europe from our research. Um, and that goes up to close to four, and then another 10% are very likely gonna be, um, gonna be uh, adopting uh, video conferencing over the, the next two years. So we're almost seeing 45% in total 
um, of businesses that were looking at bringing video conferencing within their um, organization. Yes, there's a huge, think, huge appetite for the video. There's a huge appetite. And I think also on the back end of this, um, for a service provider, what you're looking to do is deliver a service which your customers are going to use a lot of. Um, and if we take video conferencing again um, as an example there, those businesses that have adopted video conferencing, over 50% of those um, expect that their usage is going to increase um, dramatically over the next couple of years. So I think not only are we bringing in service, but should we be looking at bringing video conferencing services into our portfolio as a service provider um, to one, help, help either help drive revenue if we can charge for it or make that proposition that we're um, selling at the same price more attractive. Um, but if we can make that seamlessly integrate with our voice service and make sure that's all working absolutely fine, we're gonna see a much stickier solution, hopefully less churn in the long run for our customers. Yeah, so ultimately, the, the, there's huge appetite out there from the enterprise for video, whether it's meetings, communications, we're, we're going to see more, more video by the sounds yeah. of things. I'm reading you right. And then, but we need the service providers and we need the vendors to be able to offer those solutions. Is that, do you think there's a gap there uh, that, that really needs addressing? What, what's the state of the marketplace? Well, I think there's, for providers who are selling just a cloud voice service and have been doing that for a number of years, um, almost just putting a PBX in the cloud. I think there's, there's enough competitors coming into the marketplace now, um, which will cause long-term um, kind of pressure on those providers. I think what we've been seeing Microsoft doing um, with their, uh, their SME business, it's business, a 365 business voice. Um, I think that's going to put pressure on some of the smaller providers who are trying to just offer a very simple solution. Um, I think Google coming to this market is going to be uh, put pressure on. And then I think also some of the larger service providers. Um, uh, we all hear how well Ring Central are doing, and they've obviously uh, built a great channel through Avaya now, and seeing how that's going to evolve is going to be really interesting. So I think building a kind of table stakes and simple solution and hoping that's going to be the be all and end all. Um, it's going to be difficult. And I think we, we go back to the fact that you need to be close to your customers and understand their changing demands and make sure you have the solutions um, that's going to help serve those in the future. One of the key things that came out of our research when we looked at how the enterprises are changing is that remote working is becoming more and more of a, a growing trend. Um, we're already seeing, if we look at um, in the European market, over 75% of businesses currently offer remote working to their employees. Um, over the next two years, we, we're, we're forecasting that to rise by another 10%, to close to 85% of businesses uh, in Europe offering remote working. And when we say remote working, we're not just saying, okay, one or two people within these businesses um, work remotely. Um, if we dig down a bit deeper into this, um, close to 20% of all of those organizations have over half their workforce working remotely at the moment. So we're starting to see more and more of those organizations make more and more of their roles go, uh, go remote as well. Um, so if you think from a service provider perspective, what pressure is that going to put on us? You've got to think, okay, how can we enable remote working? How are we going to do that with video conferencing, with collaboration? Um, and I think that's where we need to start looking at as an industry of, uh, what is the changing in the enterprise and how do we get this um, how do we get this going forward yeah absolutely you've got to match those those workplace trends haven't you i mean and, and video and remote working and video go together really like peas and carrots don't they you, you you want that fully immersive experience from wherever you are whether it's smart from a smartphone mobile 
uh, or from a desk piece of kit with a camera on it it's, or to, a, to even a meeting room. But um, yeah. it, it just makes sense, doesn't it? And we're seeing that from a lot of the big vendors uh, like Cisco, heavily investing in, in video. And yeah. we, we just saw what even Lenovo join Microsoft's uh, portfolio of endpoints with their own personal video endpoint, which was quite interesting. Very exactly, recently. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's looking like a huge appetite for video. Was there anything else in your report that jumped out at you and said, that's quite surprising or that's really interesting? I think one thing which we were, which we found interesting when we were looking at the collaboration tools, we were asking those who adopted them, uh, why did you adopt these services? Um, and it's really around that productivity and flexibility piece um, or why they actually uh, adopted it. Um, but only around 60 to 70% actually believed um, that the collaboration tools are delivered on the benefits that they adopted them for. So there's still this gap um, of maybe selling solutions which people aren't actually uh, having their people, we're selling the solutions to people who are expecting these problems to be solved. And I don't think we're actually um, solving them uh, completely. When we looked at kind of the top improvements that people wanted to make to these collaboration tools, uh, key things that stood out was having one collaboration tool so that you don't need to have multiple tools to do things, um, making sure that when the tools actually put in place, um, they actually change the way people work. I think there's a there's an issue around training there that making sure that people are using the right tools in the right ways. Um, a lot of people wanted them fully integrated with their telecom solution. Um, I think people who have invested in cloud PBX services and looking to move to a collaboration suite, there's not many collaboration providers out there um, who are doing an off the shelf and enabling people to collaborate with them. Um, if you looked at Slack's ecosystem and said, okay, which voice providers do you recognize within there? There's only five or six there. Mm. You look at how many users Slack has, surely that's a great opportunity for people to go out and build a custom integration into Slack. I think Microsoft um, are uh, making it difficult for people to bring in their phone, their own kind of PBX solution, trying to push people towards the Microsoft one or using direct routing. Um, from what we understand and what we've seen, the, the Microsoft product isn't as good as what people are really expecting from their cloud voice piece. So I think there's still a long way to go on that. Um, one other key thing that kind of popped up across all of it was better security as people are worried about um, the security of these collaboration services going forward. How can they manage those? Um, which I think is a key issue for all vendors here. I think the hot topic is in security. I mean, it is. And it's something we don't talk about much as an industry is uh, security and how, what the impacts of security is going to be on this. So yeah. and reliability is another big one that I, uh, I imagine, and you can tell me, tell me on this one, it, we seem to have challenges with some of these major vendors, big vendors like Microsoft, even this week, yeah. down for two couple of hours. Uh, so if that's 500,000 organizations, that's 20 million daily active users potentially down <laughs> it's catastrophic yeah. uh, and so enterprises must be thinking you know we've got to choose the right provider here a hundred percent i think the there's there's two there's two trends here which i think service providers are uh, are hitting up here um, and need to be conscious of is we're starting to bring all these different services into our uh, into our um into our network. So if you're a CIO or CTO sat there and you're going, right, we're going to invest in video conferencing, we're invest in uh, synchronous chat, um, and we're going to bring everything into the cloud. 
Um, with a lot of cloud services, they don't need to be synchronous. Dropbox doesn't need to be immediate. Um, it can have a bit of lag on there. With things like video and calling, you've got to have complete confidence that that's gonna, there's going to be no lag, there's going to be no jitter, there's going to be no packet loss. So I think a lot of people aren't really uh, fully understanding the impact that these are going to have on their networks going forward. Um, we've obviously, in, over the last few years, been investing heavily in SD-WAN. Our professional services teams have been deploying SD-WAN uh, solutions across Europe for a number of different vendors. Um, and one of the key things they see there is there are more and more applications which are causing strain on the on organizations. Um, and we need to start bringing in solutions that are going to fix those. We see SD-WAN as one of those key differentiators. Um, our, my colleague Finbar has been doing a lot of work around this um, and looking at really how can you uh, optimize your network and make sure that services like video, like voice, are going to be optimized um, and uh, giving 100% uptime if the network is up. So I think providers need to look at this and understand that this isn't something you can just throw at your customers and expect that their network's going to handle it. You've really got to look at bringing in video, bringing in collaboration is going to be a huge stress on the network there. We need to look at how we can solve that. Yeah, so that buying process is, is really important that they take that seriously from user adoption through to choosing the right vendor, having the right infrastructure locally, and the connectivity in place, uh, it's end-to-end, -end, isn't it? You've got to, if you're going to go video, you've got to get it right. Otherwise, you, you could potentially car crash and, and, and you know, kill your investment. But uh, that is really interesting. And the, what I think I read recently, and I think the stat's been out for a while, but Cisco was predicting something like 80% of all internet traffic by 2022 to be um, video. So vast majority of traffic out there will be video by 2022. I mean, that's, that's phenomenal. Mm. Uh, so I, I suppose end to end, that just brings us back around to those providers that, are, that haven't got video in their, their, their portfolios at the moment. They need to go UCAS, but <laughs> there's a, if they're not planning that now, they really do need to consider uh, that very soon, don't they? Yeah. I think, uh, I think every provider out there, <laughs> needs to look at what their strategy is over the next five years, both from a technology point of view, a growth point of view, um, uh, and looking at strategically and going, okay, how, how are we going to grow in the future? What do we need to have in our portfolio? What are our customers going to be demanding? Um, and how are we going to sell that to them better than the competition? Um, there's still been a lack of, I would say a lack of marketing investment in this industry. We're starting to see more and more people pour money into it. Um, but, the channel is still not fully educated on the growth of cloud. Um, I think we're starting to see grassroots of that changing, but there's still going to be a big education piece here. Um, and providers are really, I think, at a crux point now where they've got to understand that uh, it's time to move. Um, if they don't start moving now, um, someone will come in uh, and eat their lunch um, and take their customers away. Um, I think it's... We've been through a great period now of uh, high competition lots of competition but lots of open fields to go and win business um i think it's going to come more and more hard in the future um so i think that there's got to be uh, different ways of doing that um there's big competitors coming into all the markets not just from the big us providers we're seeing more and more european providers grow and gain scale uh, you look at the likes of enfon enreach uh, destiny all investing all going into new markets um all looking at trying to build a pan-european provider there 
So you've got the European providers growing very strongly, looking at new markets. Um, we've got US providers coming into Europe who are coming into big marketing funds, successful strategies and VC funding. You've also got disruption from people like Amazon, Microsoft, Google. Um, and then you've got disruption from areas we, we might not have expected a few years ago. I think one of the things we are interested in looking this year is uh, when we redo our enterprise research is where are people buying what from? Um, I think it's really interesting looking at the CRM point of view of if you're a Salesforce CRM, uh, if you use Salesforce as a CRM, how does that impact your buying decision on other cloud applications? So look, understanding where those customers are coming from and where they're going to buy from in the future, um, I think it's going to be key for some of these providers of helping them understand their portfolio as well and bringing the right products into them. Yeah, that, that certainly is really interesting, isn't it, around the vendors coming in from adjacent markets. Yeah. You know, we've seen Salesforce recently and we just almost launched their own contact center platform based on Amazon Connect, I think yeah. it was. Uh, really disruptive. You know, they've already got contact center providers within their, their community partner ecosystem and, and they make that move. So it's, yeah, no one's re really respecting the traditional uh, supply chains. Um, no. It's going to be interesting to see. So just to round this up then, Dom, thank you very much for you know, chatting to me today. If someone's interested in your research, where can they go? How can they get hold of it? Well, I'd, I'd say the first step is come along to our conference on the 5th of March. Um, we're going to be presenting in more detail on what the enterprises are demanding and also presenting on what's the differences and what's the changes within the service provider industry as well, what the supply chain is changing, who's coming into that. Um, and we've got a lineup of a great lineup of speakers um, from across uh, providers in North America and Europe and vendors um, and channel as well, talking around how the industry is changing, what they're doing, how they see uh, the industry changing. It's a great opportunity to network with the rest of the industry as well. So I'd suggest anyone who's available um, to come along to that. Um, and then we will be, uh, they're available to buy from our website, the reports. Um, if you want any information, please drop me an email. Um, I'm happy to jump on a call, discuss through how we can help you, um, help you strategize and grow for the future. Um, I think there's a, a lot of help we can deliver to most service providers out there. So I look forward to uh, speaking to them. Perfect. So we, we can get hold of, you can get hold of Dom at cavellgroup.com. Yeah. And the event is cloudcomsummit.com. Uh, at the Cloudcom Summit, yeah, cloudcomsummit.com. Um, go to there. Um, I know you'll be there, Rob, covering the event for us. So really to seeing you there. And uh, yeah, should be a great day out. Great. Thanks, Dom. Have a good day. Thanks very much.